BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. I've got visions in my head. People tell me that I'm crazy. I tell them that's exactly it. I've got reasons for my absence. People tell me that I'm burned out. I tell them I'm not like the Hi, y'all. Welcome back to the podcast. If you are new here, my name is Kinsey, and I am the host of the I Love You So Much podcast with obviously me, Kinsey Elizabeth. Hope you guys are liking the new pod art cover. Also, before we get into today's episode, if you are in Nashville or Chicago, I am coming to you for some live shows. We've got Shannon Ford as a special guest for the Nashville show on March 3rd. That is a Friday. And then we have Lauren Elizabeth as our special guest for the Chicago show, which is Monday, March 27th. So be sure to get your tickets. Both shows will sell out. We're also doing VIP. So there's meet and greets, all that stuff. Really excited to meet you guys. And if you guys are in Dallas this weekend, um, I am doing a drink with Tribal. It's the good morning drink, my favorite drink in all of Dallas. So be sure to go and order the Kenzie Elizabeth good morning drink this weekend. The profits or proceeds are benefiting the Family Place, which is an organization I have recently, I guess, partnered with, started working with, and they are an organization for helping the victims of family violence. So it's very important. So if you guys are in Dallas this weekend, definitely stop by Tribal. I will be around. I think we might even have a special guest. I don't want to say it yet because she hasn't booked her flights like normal. But uh, if you know, you know. Anyways, today's episode, we have my friend Janelle on the podcast. We are like more recent friends. We met because I loved her TikTok and then I just kind of like forced her to hang out with me. And there are few people in this world that I, I guess, respect more than Janelle. Like she truly has had every odd stacked against her and just really been through the ringer and started at a very different place in life than me and most people. And she has just come out on top and really like manifested and created and worked very hard for this life that she's living. But honestly, even more than that, I just think she is such a great, cool person. And I, I really do just think the world of her. She does say in this episode at some points that we have things in common. And I just want to make it clear that I do not think like, yes, we have things in common, but I don't think we're coming from the same background or position or anything like that. Like what she has gone through and built is just incredible. And she has truly worked her ass off. And also just, I don't like, I want to say worked her ass off, but also like done the work in healing and just, I don't know. I think the world of her, we're talking about all of this in today's episode. Yes, it is a manifesting and visualizing and like goal setting podcast episode, but it's a lot more than that. We go a lot deeper. We talk about like family stuff, like healing your inner child, almost like parenting yourself. It is a great episode. Janelle's amazing. She also has her own podcast to all the people podcasts that you guys should definitely go listen to. 
And follow her on Instagram and TikTok. If you guys liked this episode, please share it on your Instagram story and leave a nice little review. So without further ado, let's welcome Janelle on to the show. Okay, that's how we're starting. Janelle, how are you feeling today? I'm doing good. Thank you so much for having me. How are you feeling? Good. You a little nervous still or no? I'm so nervous. <laughs> I was going to say, our Sharpe Evans thing didn't just work? No, it didn't work. <laughs> I, I feel like I feel like I'm here with someone that's a big deal. This is also I, like my first speaking engagement. Like, what? I'm invited to the I Love You So Much podcast. I'm, so I'm nervous. Honored. I'm very excited. I'm honored. You have a great podcast. Thank you. You listen to it? Yes. I, I guess I posted it. <laughs> Do you think I just post it and don't listen? Like, what? One thing about me is I actually am very supportive of my friends. You are. I feel like if people are like, like I actually am supportive. You know what I mean? I'm not, I'm not all talk. Okay. <laughs> no, you are supportive. To be completely honest, like since like in the short time I've been doing like the whole influencer things, I feel like you were one of the first people to actually actively reach out, to put me on, to invite me to like, a, like some really cool events, which I really do appreciate. So of course, got to give you your flowers. You feel <gasps> Thank me? You. Thank you so much. <laughs> so you're kind of like the queen of TikTok these days. No. A little bit. <laughs> I was talking to my vlog earlier, you know, my friends in yeah. the vlog. And I was like, you guys have probably seen her. And I was going through it. And I was like, she really started. I was like giving them your whole backstory. I'm like, she started, she was doing a lot of like black women in luxury. And then yes. she was doing blah, blah, blah. And then she was doing the Copenhagen style. Like I was yes. going yes. all over. Yes. I know. I mean, like TikTok has like been like a very interesting like journey for me, like kind of branding. Because when I started last year, I did not have like a, a following really. I only had Instagram and I had what, maybe 1400 followers. And then when I started doing the TikTok, I, I don't know, it was random. I was like, let me just do like a really cool like date night. Cause it's just like, dang, like I, I get to live like this every single day. Like I'm blessed to live like this every single day. So like, why not make something? So I started doing the black girl, the black woman in luxury. And then I started thinking, okay, well, I don't want to confine myself to just this one thing. So just constantly rebranding and doing a lot of different things just kind of keeps me in the loop. I'm kind of able to dip in a lot of different things. And I just think that comes with like being multifaceted, if that makes sense. Yeah. Which is like a new term that everyone's using these days. But yes. Like, I'm multifaceted. You are multifaceted. <sighs> Thank you. I, I really try. Breadwinning housewife. I love you so much. I, I try my best. Like, what can I say? I want to talk about you live an amazing life. And I want to talk about manifesting and creating your own life because that's not your background. Yeah. And you really have built a very beautiful life that you are most importantly, I feel like, very proud of. Yes. And you're in a very good place, it seems. Yes. So how did you get there? Okay. So, yeah, this is like a, this is a long one. All right. I just want to talk about like how manifestation kind of started happening way before this, way before I started kind of like seeing like the fruits of my labor. So to give you a little backstory, like I grew up with a single mom. We didn't really have a lot. We spent a lot of my adolescence homeless. So, you know, there'd be a lot of days where I would come home from school and wouldn't know where we were sleeping that night. And then on top of that, with homelessness comes with like a lack of technology, not being able to call mom when something's wrong or not being able to call mom and say, hey, mom, our stuff is out on the street today. Like what's what's there to do? A lot of my childhood was was a lot of eviction, if that makes sense. So I knew that in order for me to like escape my situation, I was like, you know what? I'm, I'm not like a party girl. I don't want to like, I don't want to, in a sense, like, I don't want to like, how can I say this? Like I don't drink it away. Yeah. I don't want to yeah. drink it away. I don't want to like, kind of like destroy my life right now. I've already had a lot of lows. So like, how can I win? So I think the first thing I manifested was getting into college. 
I was like, I don't know how I'm going to pay $60,000 a year for this, but somebody paying for it <laughs> and it ain't going to be me. You know what I mean? Yes. So I remember I had like almost got kicked out of school. I wrote a letter to the dean and they had like an entire appeal. And so it was the first time I told my story. So I said, hey, I have these situations that are happening. These unfortunate things are happening. They read it. They checked my grades. My grades were good. I'm not going to lie. They were good, but they weren't like, you know, they weren't that good, they weren't that good <laughs> but they were there. And so they ended up giving me a full ride scholarship. Wow. So I got a full ride scholarship to oh America. I just got chills. I didn't even know that part. Yeah, it was crazy. And after that, you know, things are smooth sailing. Um, I came home from college for Thanksgiving break. It was like my sophomore year and I was in a car with some friends. There wasn't anything, no foul play, anything weird going on. And we ended up in a car accident. And I was in the car with with three other people and I was the only person that was hurt. So I completely ripped and like tore my pelvic and then I got sent home and from the ER and they were like, there's nothing wrong with you. Like, you're fine. You're fine. So I ended up just trying to get back to college and I kept trying to get to that airport. I missed my flight a couple of times and God was like, no, I'm finna sit your ass down right now. How I'm using God and cuss words in the same sentence. Actually, me. <laughs> yes, yes. yes. He's like, I'm going to just sit your ass down right now. So as a kid, I used to always have like this kind of imaginative mind. You know, like imagination is like really what helped me get through a lot of things. Like when I was having a lot of trouble, like just in elementary school being bullied, I would imagine myself as elsewhere. And I it's think escapism. Yeah, it's escapism. You know, a lot, a lot of disassociation too. Yeah. So you, gotta, you had to get some therapy there too. But <laughs> You're like, good and bad, okay? <laughs> good and bad, good and bad. So I started, when I really started like manifesting and stuff, you know, like in the lifestyle I get to live, it's just like the progression of just hard work. You know, it's like getting, honestly, I just made a recent TikTok about being open to failure. So I had to fail a lot in this process. You know, like when I had wrote my first book, I had to fail at that multiple times. When I put out my book and independently published it, there would be people messaging me saying, hey, girl, you misspelled a word or hey, girl. I'm like, damn, can I just have this win? So it was a lot of that. There was a lot of taking on jobs and career paths that weren't for me, you know, and then also like my partner who like, you know, does well for himself. It was just a lot of, you know, me just trying not to morph my identity into him, too. So just constantly having to find a way when you don't really have an example, if that makes sense. And then when I got on the whole manifestation thing, it had been something I had been doing for years. So I would separate my life into four seasons. You know, people make these giant ass vision boards with I'm going to lose 40 pounds. I'm going to make a million dollars. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. And then what ends up happening is you have this giant yearly vision board where you just get completely overwhelmed. You don't know how to separate those thoughts. You don't know how to separate those things. And you put all of this unnecessary pressure on yourself when in actuality, you need to just separate those goals into four separate seasons. So for the first couple of months of the year, you just want to focus on those smaller goals. Like if you want to become a content creator, you have 1300 followers. Maybe you can try to get to three, three K followers, if that makes sense. If you want to lose weight, you have this, this grand goal of losing 40 pounds. Maybe you can just try to lose 10 that first like couple of months. If that makes sense. Yeah. It's more tangible, more tangible. And I think like when you, when you have something that's like more tangible, it also rids yourself of disappointment and it also helps with imposter syndrome. And it also helps like combat those negative thoughts, those intrusive thoughts that I'm not enough because I didn't get it right this time. 
you know? And it's just like, people have to understand that like in the process of achieving these goals, you also have to check in on yourself. Like you got to check yourself and be like, you know what? That negative thought I'm having actually isn't real. That's just intrusive thoughts. And then I feel like the process of also like finding what works for you and manifesting this life is also going to take a lot of humbling experiences because you might not be that great. You know yeah. what I mean? <laughs> like, yeah. like you might not be that great. Like we might, you might actually have some ugly ways. You might honestly have some very envious ways, some very jealous ways. And that's something I had to learn about myself because I used to be so envious of nepotism children, which I, which I talk about all the time because it's just like, it would be so hard for me not to compare myself to someone that had it all figured out. Yeah, it had a different starting point. A completely, completely different. different starting point. And that just came down to race, the color of my skin. It came down to class. It came down to a lot of things. And even with my own relationship, like my partner is a white man. So it's just like, you know, just seeing like his success next to mine, I would just have moments where it's just like, well, I want to be happy for him, but damn, it's just not fair. Like, it's just not fair, you know, and it isn't fair. And I think like, you know, sometimes we have to be easy on ourselves. And I feel like a lot of times, like we as women, and then you also take into the, to, into factor that if you are a woman of color, but also on top of being a woman, there are a lot of things that are against us. Like there are a lot of things that are potentially trying to tear us down. Like Roe v. Wade was just overturned. We don't have yeah. ownership over our bodies. You know, then on top of that, we have all of these hormonal imbalances. We, you know, they say we spend, we only get what, six days out of the year to ourselves. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? Crazy. A man told me that. Yeah. <laughs> I said, how do you know this? And I don't know that. Wild. So it's just like, just a lot of just getting real and, and just being true to myself. And I feel like you could talk for manifestation too, because I mean, like, look at all the things you got going on right now, girl. Well, what I love about how you talk about manifestation, because I am like an Enneagram three. Yeah. My anxiety is like rampant, always has been. Yeah. And that has been the best and the worst thing about my life, because mm -hmm. I will be honest, I don't think I would be where I'm at today had I not been a very anxious child. Mm. And I had a, a pretty tumultuous childhood in like different ways. Yeah. And a lot of my anxiety was like, it kind of turned into like hyper independence. And I was yeah. like, I, like, I moved out when I was 17. I was like, I need to do all these things. Yeah. I need to whatever. So uh, the anxiety kind of weirdly like pushed me in certain ways, but I've always just had I, ha I don't know. I've had this like weird feeling. Like mm -hmm. I remember when I was 12 years old, my, one of my childhood friends and I talk, I've talked about this many times. Yeah. We were on Eldorado Parkway in McKinney, Texas. Okay. <laughs> I know exactly where that's at. Yes. I was at a Sonic <laughs> across from Evans Middle School and we were sitting in her mom's van uh -huh. and I was like, I don't know how to describe this, but I just know that when I'm older, keep in mind at this point, like YouTube didn't, like it was a thing, but no one knew yes. that it was like a thing. Right. Yes. And I was like, I'm going to have a career where I'm on camera and I'm going to have like a clothing line or something. And I'm going to be, I was like, I don't know if it's like TV or whatever, but I just, I know I'm going to be on camera and this. Mm -hmm. And I basically exactly described what I do today and it didn't even exist, but it was also like, I just had this weird gut feeling. Yeah. But because I am just naturally a very driven person. And mm -hmm. I think part of that comes from just naturally being driven. And the other part of that comes from my anxiety sure enough, every year I'm constantly setting goals. Like it's not yeah. just like a near thing, but every new year I will get 
a little bit more anxious in January mm-hmm. and I Same. will be very hard on myself and feel like I have to do everything at once. Yeah. So I love what you said about separating into seasons because I think that would combat a lot of my issues. Yes. This year, it's not nearly as bad as it has been. I yes. think that's partly because I've made a lot of the biggest things, that, like the bigger things happen. Mm-hmm. And I feel like the more you make happen, the more you just trust that it's going to happen. Yes. But also I was traveling. So I like wasn't home to just like overthink. You know yes, what I mean? Yes. So I'm like, I'm going to be doing that every year. Yes, yes, yes. But I like the idea of like splitting it up. Yes. No, I like what you said about like, oftentimes like your anxiety is what kind of like drove you. Yeah. I can relate to that. Like I really can relate to that. So yours, like I feel like anxiety either like paralyzes you almost. Yes. And then other times anxiety pushes you. So do you yes. feel like your anxiety pushes you? My anxiety. Okay. So I think now I operate more so from like a place of love mm-hmm. and just a, a place of more so like passion creatively. Yeah. So I remember when I had went to therapy, there was like a period I haven't really told anybody this, but there was literally a period where I was living in California. I was doing well for myself. I was like working like three different jobs and then COVID hit. And then I came back home. And when I came back home, like there wasn't any money being made. I wasn't doing the things that I was doing in California. I felt very like depressed. I sunk into a deep depression for six months. And then when I was going to therapy, my therapist said to me, you've been operating from a place of trauma. Trauma is the only reason why you're striving so hard. And it's just like now you have to operate from a place of love because there was nothing going on. The world is shut down. People are losing their jobs left and right. It's just like, what am I supposed to do now? Like, who is Janelle when she's not overfunctioning? Like, who is Janelle when, when there isn't anyone to blame or anyone to, to point the finger out? I, I had removed my, my toxic family dynamic from my life. I had removed a lot of things. And now it's just like, how do I find grace within my own self? Like, how do I operate in a place where it isn't based off of survival, but just based off of just living? So it's just like I had to learn how to how to live. And I feel like even till this day, like before I even came here, girl, I was outside, not outside here. I was outside somewhere else. And I was literally trying to like start taking like pictures of my outfits like for Instagram because like I want to grow my Instagram. And kid you not, I got so damn frustrated. I was just like, you know what? This is some BS. Like, it, I'm not looking good. The fit ain't fitting. You know what? <laughs> the, the sun ain't hitting me right. Like, yeah. it, w- it was one of those moments. And then I had to reel myself in and I had to police my thoughts. And it's just like, I can't go into this mindset of being extremely, like, hungry to achieve it's just like I have to be graceful and I have to be kind to myself throughout the process and even when I look at my lifestyle and even when I look at even just growing on TikTok it's kind of crazy to me because it just feels like it's just like I don't even know how I'm doing any of this it's just happening because I'm moving from a place of love because at some point if we keep operating from a place of like trauma and wanting to win all the time we're going to be faced with ourselves Mm -hmm. We we spent all these years winning, 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 winning. What happens when there's no more wins to win? Like wherever I go, there I am. Yes. And at the end of the day, you're running from something. Mm -hmm. And that was definitely me for so long. And it still is my natural thing that I will fall back on. Yes. I don't think it's always how I'm operating now. Yes. After years and years of therapy. Yes. But like, I don't know. I, I think that weirdly enough, it makes me think of people who like move nonstop and it's always the city and never them. 
Yes. You know what I mean? Yes, I know exactly. What and you I mean. think sometimes a move is a, a move is great, and it's the direction you need to go to. Mm-hmm. Not, I'm not saying moving is bad, <laughs> but when you are moving and you're you're in like maybe a city number three or four, yeah, and like life isn't improving, it's yes. wherever I go, there I am. You know, it's a little scary because then it's like, oh, it's me. <laughs> you know, Ooh, and that's not fun. You have to actually like look in the mirror. Yes, and no one wants to do that. I don't, I don't want to do it, you know? No, I get what you're saying. Honestly, Kenzie, I feel like we have a lot in common. Yeah, like, yeah. I'm not even kidding. So can I ask you a question? Mm-hmm. When you left home and you moved to California, because I always say that I ran away to college. Absolutely. That's, I feel like you did. So I wasn't even going to college. I was 17. I yeah, graduated yeah, early. Yeah, 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 I had a lot. This is stuff I haven't, like, shared online yet. And uh-huh. I probably will, like, eventually. Okay. There's a lot of things that had happened to me in the recent years. And mm. I just needed to get out of where I was. So the move, I always told people that it was. And I, like, this is really the first time I've been saying this. I always said it was a career move. And it was. Like, yeah. by no means was I, like, rolling in money. I was. Yeah. I wasn't making good money for years after that. Yeah. But it was way more what was happening in my personal life than it was my YouTube channel. But yeah. also I had a way out and I was like, this is what I want to do anyways. Mm-hmm. And so it gave me that excuse where people didn't have to ask. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like even my closest friends that I'm still friends with today, like it still is, that was the move. I, I just needed to get out. Like there was really no other way. And so mm-hmm. it was mainly that, but it was running. And yeah. then it was a really... It was kind of a hard wake-up call, too, when I eventually moved back to Texas because when I was in L.A., one, it was very nice to have some space from my family, and I love them so much, but my family, you know, was very emotionally reactive, Mm -hmm. and that was, like, the number one thing I wanted to learn how to fix. Yeah. And I felt like I had gotten really good, and I still struggle with it my family to this day. So when I came back to Texas, it was weird because I was like, wait a second, I've worked so hard to heal all of this, Mm -hmm. and I feel like it's all coming back up. But what I learned from that is that, one, obviously going into certain environments will bring out certain things. That's an obvious. But also I think that at different ages, you heal in different ways. Because maybe a 17-year-old, you wasn't even able to grasp that. And then as you get older, maybe you're older and you can understand it more. But also you see it from a different perspective as you get older. So I was 22, 23 and I was angry for so many other reasons. Yes. So it made me realize like when they say healing is not linear, it's like, no, 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 no. Like it's really not linear. (laughs) They really mean that. So it was really helpful though, like coming back and then getting back in therapy. Yeah. Because it made everything better. And then also, same thing with striving. I've always been like striving, striving, striving. That's like all I've done my yeah. entire life. Even before like all that's this some, stuff. I feel like that's oldest daughter. Absolutely. Oh my gosh. Absolutely. Oldest daughter. Yes. I was just striving so much. And I made, I've always been, like my friends have always meant a lot to me. I've always really yeah. loved my friendships. I would say in LA, I didn't have like the group of people, not that you need like a friend group, but I didn't, I had like a few one-offs of friends that I like love, but I didn't have like the friendships that I was maybe needing or I thought I was looking for at that time, but I wasn't looking for it because all I did was work. Yes. And that was the, and that's just what I thought I had to do. Like you hear this online, they're like, work, 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 like Mm -hmm. it'll pay off later on and whatever. And what I found was that like, I personally am fulfilled like the relationships in my life, not in a codependent way, but in a way of like, that is to me what it actually matters at the end of the day. And yes. it is more important to me than my career. I'm sorry. Like it makes me happier. And it's just like that is so much human connection. Like relationships are just so much it's more important. important. 
and important. I didn't have that. And not only did I not have that, I was isolating myself mm-hmm. for so long. Mm-hmm. So when then I got back here and it was almost like I had like, quote, better like life balance. Yeah. I was like, wait, everything in my life, including my career, is going so much better because I'm not like strangling it. Someone, this actually was a very life changing. I'm almost off my tangent. This is a very no, you're good. I like listening. <laughs> so this is like a life changing, I would guess, like analogy, metaphor. Yeah. Someone said, like, picture something like you have an open hand mm-hmm. in everything in your life, whether it's a relationship, a mm-hmm. career, mm-hmm. an ideal, like a thought pattern, whatever it is. When you strangle something, you're not giving it room to, gr- like, breathe and grow. Mm, and yeah. you're holding on too tightly. And we typically do that out of fear, out of fear of failure, out of fear of losing something, out of fear of not being enough, out of fear of maybe you think they're going to see you for who you really are because you have some yes. sort of imposter syndrome. So when you're holding too tightly to something, you're suffocating it and you're killing it. Yes. So when you hold on too tightly to anything in your life, it could be your career, it could be your relationship, your friendships, whatever it is, you're strangling them and not allowing them to grow. And anything that isn't growing will eventually die. Yes. So that was a really big wake up call to me over the span of, you know, five or six years. It took me a while to learn that one. Yeah. But I think it's helped me immensely in regards to striving, especially yes. as someone who has a lot of things that I want to do that I honestly will do because yes. I'm very confident in doing that. Yes. But I would just never recommend isolating yourself literally ever. Like it was really terrifying. And it's different. (laughs) Like it's not an extrovert introvert thing because you can do it in a way that's not like you're still feeding yourself. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Girl, I've had a lot of isolation. Yeah. And I kind of like how you highlighted on like being in like your 20s and stuff because I think back to when I was 18. I'm like, girl, you thought you knew the world, but you don't know nothing. I think about that all the time. Like Like, I knew I would was so blindly calm. I moved to Los Angeles at 17 by That's myself. Wild. Not a fear or concern in the world. It was like the naive part of me that yes. made it easier. Yes. And now I'm like, I'm 25. I know nothing. You know? That's how I feel. The older you get, the less you know. Yeah, that's how I feel. But you know what I'm looking forward to? I was talking to my partner's grandma and I said, so Diane, what was your favorite age? And she was like 60. I was like, really? She was like, I love the 60s. The 60s are it. I'm actually looking forward to getting older. Me too. Like, and like, I wake up, I don't want to say I wake up every day, like not knowing what's going to happen, but I literally wake up feeling a lot more graceful. Like even like just about my image, just about my body, just about how it's changing, just about like how I'm morphing. Like I wake up with I wake up not thinking I know everything. Even like on yeah. my podcast sometimes, I literally have to tell myself, don't be too preachy, girl, because you're still trying to figure yeah. some stuff out in life. Yeah. Like I try not to like even like put myself, I hold myself to a high standard, but I try not to put myself like on a pedestal because it's just like, I could feel so strongly about something right now at this age and then feel completely different next year yeah. or in six months. Absolutely. All right, guys, I feel like for most of us, learning a second language in high school or college really wasn't exactly a high point in our academic careers. I took Spanish all growing up. I really learned nothing. I even have a Spanish, like part of my family is Spanish speaking. I just didn't pay enough attention and I really regret that, okay? Now, thanks to Babbel, the language learning app that sold more than 10 million subscriptions, there's an addictively fun and easy way to learn a new language. Whether you'll be traveling abroad, connecting in a deeper way with family, or you just have some free time, Babbel teaches bite-sized language lessons that you'll actually use in the real world. 
I want to speak Spanish. Again, my family is Spanish speaking. I live in Texas. There's so many people who are Spanish speaking. I think it is so cool to be bilingual. And the fact that I can only speak one language is not my favorite thing about myself. Babbel's 15-minute lessons make it the perfect way to learn a new language on the go. Other language learning apps use AI for their lesson plans, but Babbel lessons were created by over 100 language experts. Their teaching method has been scientifically proven to be effective. With Babbel, you can choose from 14 different languages, including Spanish, French, Italian, and German. Plus, Babbel's speech recognition technology helps you to improve your pronunciation and accent, which is huge, okay? There are so many ways to learn with Babbel. In addition to lessons, you can access podcasts, games, videos, stories, and even live classes. Plus, it comes with a 20-day money-back guarantee. Start your new language learning journey today with Babbel. I'm sure so many of our goals are to learn a new language or at least a little bit of a new language in the new year. And right now, you can get up to 55% off your subscription when you go to babbel.com slash I love you. That's babbel, B-A-B-B-E-L.com slash I love you for up to 55% off your subscription. Babbel language for life. Again, I really regret not taking my language classes more seriously, but also I don't think it was really in the format that would make me, I just wasn't like, I didn't like the class, you know what I mean? But with Babbel, having games and podcasts and videos and stories and even live classes, like that makes me way more intrigued. And it's something that I know I can actually keep up with and I'll be more interested in. And also I think I would just really more importantly learn better through that. So I'm very excited. From the offices of Create and Cultivate, I'm Jacqueline Johnson, the host of Work Party, a podcast for ambitious women looking to create and cultivate the career of their dreams. Work Party is paving the way for a new generation of women, women who are redefining the meaning of work on their own terms. Every Wednesday, we bring in leading female powerhouses for real talk and BS-free advice on building your business. You'll hear from female founders, CEOs, entrepreneurs, creatives, and so many other badass ladies. Are you ready to create and cultivate the career of your dreams? Then tune into Work Party, the podcast. Be sure to subscribe to the show and never miss an episode. Just like the deadbeat your friend dated in college, vitamin labels can be disappointing. Misleading labels, questionable ingredients, and the sugary formulas, that is going to be a pass for me. But then there's Ritual, which is made for skeptics by skeptics. With their multivitamin for women, what you see is what you get, and what you get is good. Ritual is one of those brands that I just trust immensely with everything that they do. I actually have the Ritual protein powder. It's the one that I am just, I'm so into it. It actually tastes incredible, and I really love that. But I also love the Ritual Essential for Women 18+. It is a clinically backed multivitamin for women 18 plus with high quality and traceable key ingredients in clean bioavailable forms. With nine key nutrients and two capsules per day, their unique feedla and oil is even patented. Ritual's Essential for Women 18 Plus is one of the few women's multis that's USP verified, meaning that what's on the label is what's in the formula. It's also soy-free, gluten-free, vegan-friendly, and formulated without GMOs. There's also, this is actually my favorite part, guys, a minty essence in every bottle that keeps things fresh and helps like make taking your multis every day actually enjoyable. Vitamins, again, can just feel really tricky and confusing. And it's like, are you, you're spending all this money, but like, is it doing anything? And are they even doing what they say? You know what I mean? And that is why I love Ritual. Again, 
in the new year. I'm sure so many of us are trying to get on our vitamin game. And if I were to recommend one vitamin, it would be the Ritual Essential for Women 18 Plus. No more shady business. Ritual is essential for women 18 plus. It's a multivitamin you can actually trust. Ritual is offering my listeners 10% off during your first three months. Visit ritual.com slash I love you to start Ritual or add essential for women 18 plus to your subscription today. I had a really hard time letting go of what I thought I wanted because I mm-hmm. felt like that was failure. Yes. Which failure is also, that's a whole other conversation. Yes. But I was so terrified because what I w- really was headstrong on at 17 and what I thought I wanted mm-hmm. ended up not really being what I wanted, mm-hmm. which ended up leading me to better. Like it, it's all good. Yeah. But I had a really hard time allowing myself to change my mind. Even at like 22, 23, going through a big breakup, I was leaving like a very religious organization. And that was such a mind fuck to me. Yes. Even if you don't believe something someone is telling you and they're ingraining it in you, even if you do not agree with them, it is very difficult to kind of get out of that. And Mm. also I had, this is actually something I was going to talk about like soon. I had a lot of shame around no longer wanting to be a part of something. And then also just shame for being a part of something to start with. So yeah. it was a very weird thing, but it was hard for me to change my mind. You yeah. know, that makes sense. That totally makes sense. Especially with like, you know, when you talk about like it being ingrained in your mind. Yeah. So when I think about all the steps that I've taken, like with manifesting life, and also I just want to say like manifestation is not possible without faith. That's genuinely how I feel. Mm-hmm. Like I'm a firm believer in God and people go on these tangents, like you can't believe in God and manifest. When you look at manifestation, Right there in that entire, I can't even think. Right there in dictionary? the, in the yeah, in the dictionary, it literally talks about faith and God. Those two go hand in hand, you know. And I also think about how like dreams are individually planted in each one of us differently, and to attract that is the power of like manifestation when you think about it. But I also think about how I had to unlearn a lot of things that I was taught, and in the process of like me cutting mm-hmm. off like, you know, family dynamics that weren't good for me it was very hard for me to have a relationship with, dang, I'm about to just say it, with my mother all while I was trying to mother myself. So I had to kind of like learn to choose myself in that process. And then when I think about like, when we talk about how you moved at 17 and I think about how like, I just like went to college in DC, didn't even tour the school. My mom gave me $20 and was like, this is all I have. Like best of luck. You know what I mean? And I remember going there and I just think it's, it's kind of interesting and powerful how sometimes our mind is honestly like two steps ahead of like our actual heart. So I think about how like I went to college and I went to school away from home. I couldn't I couldn't come home all the time for the holidays. It would be very rarely. And I think about how all of these things, all of these these life events are leading us up to become something more than what we currently are. And it's up to us to decide on what we do with that. Like you talked about how some people have anxiety that paralyzes them, you know, and I think about that a lot, too. There's a lot of people I grew up with that had you know, unfortunate circumstances and also had better circumstances than I did that kind of decided to not do anything with it at all. And then I also think about how like, you know, moving to California, going to school, having all of these weird ass situations happen, but how it was all subconsciously happening to me, if that makes sense. It's just like, there's like a lot of moments where I act without even understanding why I'm acting. And then I look back on it and I'm like, wow, I'm so happy that I did that. Or wow, I'm so happy. And sometimes you just have to act without even making sense. Yeah. 
Like you really do. Not at like the extent of like hurting someone or doing something messed up, but when it comes to your own life, like like if you if you feel the need to to leave a toxic environment, you just got to do it. It's almost like when they tell you that you have to like visualize who you want to be and where yes. you're at and act as though you're already that person. Yes, yes. Like you were talking about how like when you were young, like I remember being a kid and I used to literally think to myself, I'm going to be great. Like literally, I was getting bullied at school. I was getting teased. The boys didn't like me. I was sitting there thinking, you know what? <laughs> you know what? You losers will regret this one yes, day. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Like I remember like I had made a post about a childhood best friend. And during the time that my family was homeless, her parents kind of put two and two together. And my friend was like the most popular girl at school. She was top dog, this, this, and that. So like for me, for her family to take my family in, it became like a very weird power dynamic, power struggle. I remember everyone at school knew that like my family was poor. We were homeless. We were living with her family. So I had to literally move schools from, from being bullied from that. And I remember hearing people say, Janelle's not going to do anything. Janelle's not going to amount to anything. Janelle's not going to be great. And I remember saying to myself, you know what? I'm actually smarter than all of y'all. I'm a, I'm a pocket this L cause I'm, cause I'm finna come back with a fire in me that y'all ain't never seen before. And that's literally, that's literally how I always think about it. Yeah. Even like in isolation, <laughs> I'm about to pocket this L. Listen, I've taken a lot of L's in life. Like I've taken so many L's in life and now I can look back and laugh at it. And that goes back to failure. Like yeah. if I'm trying to achieve a goal, I have to be open to failing from time to time. Cause I'm not going to get it right the first time. But I literally think to myself all the time, like all the moments that I wanted to give up, all the moments that I felt like I wasn't enough, those moments where it didn't make any sense, those moments where, you know, even when I was listening to your recent podcast about the holidays, the holidays are very hard for me too. One of the guests talked about how you expect it to look a certain type of way. And that is true. I feel that. But it's the fact that I never had that. I never had that that community where we are celebrating it, the holidays have always been sad. It's always been like at the precinct of like my mom not being able to to get us gifts. So she would just completely remove herself and isolate herself, if that makes sense. So a lot of my childhood, I had to learn how to not be in isolation. And like, that's like when you talked about like isolation isn't good. It really isn't. Like I had to learn how to not be in isolation because I had spent so many years. Like when you talked about being in California, you have like single friend, like here, a friend here and there. I remember being in California and not having any damn friends. I remember being in college and not having any friends. And not because like I was a weirdo or socially awkward. It was the fear of them getting close. It's just like, wow, if they know me deeply, what if they don't like me? If they know me deeply, what will they say? How will they judge me? You know? And I had to learn how to like take that, those isolating moments and turn them into something empowering because sometimes isolation can be can be bad if you're running from something but isolation can also be somewhat good because I feel like a lot of beautiful things are born in isolation like just being alone yes having time to just think yes especially if you're some if you're relating to anything that we're talking about yes it's important to give yourself time to think and that sounds really stupid because you're like I'm always thinking whatever you know if you're afraid of silence that's a huge yes. sign that you need more time yes. to think but I, okay, I want to talk about more of what you were saying. I have so <laughs> many questions. 
I mean, there, I feel like there's so many things that you have unlearned. Yes. And we we will be recording. This has been, an, this episode, I'm loving it. You're coming on like five more times, so that's okay. <laughs> okay. But as far as unlearning goes, let's go specifically in regards to your life. Doesn't feel like relationships. I'm uh-huh. Honestly, I feel like it probably translates to everything. So it doesn't yes. really matter. Yes. How did you go from unlearning all of the things that you were like subconsciously taught growing up uh-huh. in maybe, I'm assuming like more of a like lacking mindset. Yeah. Or a fearful mindset. How did you unlearn that as you got older? Because also, like, you're still young, you yeah, know? So yeah. it happened pretty quick. Yeah. So I'm, I'm going to be 27 next next month. But I'm still learning every single day. And I think having healthy friendships really taught me a lot about myself. And I can't even explain or express the importance of having strong female friendships, which you already know all about. Yes. I can't stand a girl that says I get along better with guys yeah. than I do girls. Shut the fuck up. Yes, yeah. I am a girl girl. But I would say my biggest learning lessons about relationship has been with my partner, Luke. Like genuinely, when I tell you, I don't even know why or how he's still even with me because I have been a literal hot mess. Like, like it's it's been a lot because I didn't grow up with some, my mom was not touchy feely. You know, my dang I'm getting deep Kenzie oh my gosh hold on (laughs) so my dad you know at an early age he decided he didn't want to to be in my life like he just was like I'm out peace out you're on your own and then when he came back around I was 13 I was like trying to pitch myself to him like look I can dance I can sing I can act high school musical I got it you know it was like that type of vibe he didn't he didn't have any interest and then I think about my stepdad who I spent most of my adolescence with from from like the age of one all the way until I was 12, who would literally beat me for anything. Like there would be times where I remember there was one time I was sick and I had the flu and he had to pick me up from daycare. He was so pissed. He be- he literally came in there and beat me every single hour, that I, wow. every single hour. So it was just a lot of learning that love does not have to come at the expense of violence. And I had to learn how to, not be violent. You know what I mean? Like to me, love was always violence and just being with someone who is just really patient with me has like, it's, 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 it's been like the best thing. I'm not saying our relationship perfect because it's not like Luke, it's on, Luke got on my nerves last night. I'm pretty sure I, I'm pretty sure I got on his, his nerves last night too. You know what I mean? It's like stuff like that, but someone that will sit with you in that mess, someone that will will just be kind and patient with you. And also, I didn't know how to communicate how I was feeling. I would just shut down or isolate. And it took a lot of therapy. It also took a lot of reading. And it also, I had to learn, because like when you grow up in a narcissistic household, you don't really know how to morph an identity around yourself. And you also constantly have to be 10 steps ahead of that narcissist because People always think of a narcissist as being self-absorbed. No, a narcissist can be the quietest person in the room. Narcissists are about control. They're about controlling you and they're about controlling how you make other people perceive them. So my entire perception of myself was at the expense of how someone else saw me. So when I would go to school, you know, I would always think, let me perform very well so CPS isn't called. Let me try to get good grades so they don't know that there's, there's friction going on at home. So it would be a lot of that. I had to learn how to be a hot mess. That's what it that's what it came down to. I had to learn how to be carefree. I had to learn how to be like loving, like 
to myself. And like, I used to be so envious of, like I said, Nepo babies, but I also used to be very envious of people that had confidence. And girl, there's just so much, like I'm still learning. And I think about the type of mom that I want to be too, but it's just like, I really had to unpack a lot of those things, but it also came down to the fact that I've been spending all of 2021 and 2022 learning to mother myself. All the things I didn't get to do as a kid, it's just like, I'm going to do that now. Oh, we going to Disney World? Bet. I'm finna get that fast pass. You know what I mean? So <laughs> yeah. it, it would it would just be like a lot of that. It would be a lot of that. Not, and I'm still learning. Like, it, it, it's a journey. Like, even like, like I had got a dog, right? And my dog woke me up and was like, dang, Janelle, you got some rage in you. Like, he, she's just a baby. <laughs> the diarrhea is going to happen yeah. a couple times a night. So it was just a lot of, I hope that made sense. No, it does. This episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. Give online therapy a try at betterhelp.com and get on your way to being your best self. When you are at your best, you can do great things, but sometimes life gets you bogged down and you may feel overwhelmed or like you're not showing up in the way that you want to. I've been in therapy on and off practically my entire life since I was in the fifth grade. And it is easily the most influential thing in, you know, my mental health journey, also just like my day-to-day life. I am someone who also has had a hard time identifying my own emotions. And therapy has not only helped me identify where maybe more negative emotions are coming from, but also given me the tools. So I'm able to do that more on my own and work through, you know, like childhood stuff, even just current day stuff, whatever it is, therapy will be beneficial, okay? Working with a therapist can help you get closer to the best version of you. Because when you feel empowered, you're more prepared to take on everything life throws at you. Sometimes I will just feel really overwhelmed and again, just like bogged down. And therapy really helps me almost like get on top of that and get ahead in a very healthy way. I am the biggest fan of therapy. Like I really cannot recommend it enough. And if you guys haven't tried it, one, just trust me. And two, using BetterHelp is a great way to try therapy because one, you can do it from the comfort of your own home. You can do it over chat. You can do it over like a video call. You can do it over a phone call. You don't have to like wait in traffic. You don't have to go see someone or run into someone in the waiting room. Like BetterHelp really is, in my opinion, like the best way to start therapy. It doesn't feel maybe as overwhelming as you think it is in your head, like because it's virtual. For me, I've learned positive coping skills, how to set boundaries. It's also just really empowered me again to be the best version of myself. It's not just for those who have experienced major trauma. That's another thing. Honestly, it is for everyone. So if you are thinking of giving therapy a try, BetterHelp is a great option. It's convenient, flexible, affordable, and entirely online. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. If you want to live a more empowered life, therapy can get you there. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Kinsey today to get 10% off your first month. That is BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Kinsey. I like what you say, but like, I'm still learning. Yes. Because it's important, one, to give yourself the grace and Mm -hmm. two, to understand, again, it's not linear. One of my parents had a very unique situation with another parent. Mm -hmm. And this parent always said that when they had me, it was a whole new wave of healing and Mm -hmm. of learning. Because one, one, it's a lot of emotions. And then two, it's a different way because then you're seeing it from, oh, I am now the parent. How could you? You know what I'm saying? So I think 
a lot of things. That's why they when people say like, oh, this really was so healing for me. I think mm-hmm. that it'll probably happen for you too. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I'm still, I'm still doing it. Even like when I'm on social media, you know, like whenever I post or like even like on the, on my podcast and stuff, whenever I post, it's just like, I'm actually talking to myself right now. Mm-hmm. Like this isn't like even like to preach. I need this right now. Like I am actually motivating myself. I'm just going to, I do a lot of journaling. And then when I was yes. in college, I used to do a lot of like just small video recordings on my laptop where I would just record myself crying. I know disgusting. No, but- <laughs> people do that in place of therapy a lot. People do that in place yeah. of therapy. And then even like with the, with the whole manifestation tip, I write myself a long letter at the end of every single year and I tuck it away and then I read it again in the next year and if nothing's changed then we need to figure some stuff out because that's my way of, of holding myself accountable so also a lot of self-reflection and then I, I kind of have to like document and record how I'm feeling just to remind myself when you're someone that's been gaslit a lot during your life your, your entire life and you've always been told that how you're feeling isn't true and that it's actually wrong I think it's very important to document those moments when you're sad to document those moments when you're happy because that is your truth that is your track record and people don't prioritize journaling enough and they need to yeah I do morning pages every day yeah well I try to I'm like every day <laughs> let's let's rephrase that but I do it a lot and that has been really helpful because I've noticed I've been able to connect the dots on my emotions. I had a really Mm -hmm. hard time. I couldn't really tell you why I was feeling certain ways more often than not. Yeah. I didn't know where the emotion was coming from. And when I started journaling and just like making myself write and write and write. Yeah. It would come out of the back of my head. And it was something that I hadn't even thought about in years. But it's like that's where that is coming from. And now I know like how I can heal it. Yes. I want to talk about self-compassion with you. This is, I would say like my, I don't even want to say worst trait because I just like don't, I have it better than I did. Okay. But self-compassion is very difficult for me. I view self-compassion and grace as a little bit different. Yeah. And I do think I can give myself a little bit more grace, but I'm very hard on myself and I expect a lot. So like, what do you think? Is there an answer? Do you think there's just a journey? Like, (laughs) what do you think it is? Ooh, girl. I'm still working on that one. Yeah, I it's need to hard. Start. It's hard. I struggle with it because I struggle with it. I think I really struggle with it a lot more. Like for me, at least I struggle with it as a black woman. There's like this standard that I can't even like explain. And I really do struggle with it a lot. I'm still learning how to like even like just receiving praise from someone makes me completely uncomfortable. Like, I don't want it. I don't want to. Do you know what I mean? Like, I don't like, I don't know. Sometimes I'll go places and like my partner's mom will brag about me to someone in front of me and it just makes me curl. And I'm. Why do you think that is? I honestly think that goes back to, to growing up with a narcissist. Truthfully, you know, it's like anything that you do that isn't about them is almost sinful. Like when you, when you talk about how you were almost in a cult I felt like I was like in a dynamic like that and I try to be compassionate with myself like resting is so hard for me to do like I feel bad I feel bad and then you know you know what my toxic trait is I'll say to myself whenever I'm rest girl do you want to cry in a Toyota or do you want to cry in this bin (laughs) (laughs) it's funny but it's not not yes 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 and it's bad but it's just like 
I'm trying to work on being compassionate with myself and I'm trying to work on being kind to myself. Like, you know, something that I've really started doing too is like, I really, whenever I look in the mirror at myself, I really look at myself now. Like I don't, I try to look at myself without picking myself apart. There's like a lot of insecurity. And I think so many people experience men too, when we don't openly talk about it. And it's just like, compassion to me is easier to give to other people than it is to my own self. And I think that's like why I oftentimes choose to surround myself around people who do have unique stories. I can sob in a movie that I can for my own self. And as I'm still practicing it, like there's this, this is random. There's this one song by Adele and it's called hold on on her album 30. And I literally was listening to it and just like completely broke down. And I was just like, I have not been compassionate to myself. And then in the lyrics, she literally talked, the entire song is about being compassionate to yourself, you know? And I also have to, I've been trying to learn like my triggers, which is, which is really hard, but I'm still navigating compassion. Like I really am. I think the best advice I can give to, to anyone that's trying to figure it out is to just remember that you are human and we are going to have a lot of weird shit happen throughout this process. Like things are not going to make sense. And I try not to think worst case scenario, but I do sometimes have to, like, especially when it comes to achieving those goals, especially when it comes to removing toxic family dynamics. Like you cannot live this life or the next couple of months without a bad thing happening. Something is going to happen. So anticipate it and know how to, to be open to it and also practicing policing your thoughts. I think the best thing you can do for compassion is being knowledgeable you have to study yourself. Like you have to so stop listening to that really bad music. That's telling you, I want to go hurt myself or call self harm. Listen to the, I love you so much podcast. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Surround yourself with good loving people, but I don't know. What about you? I think, I mean, I'm still working on this and I will say I'm thinking about when I would talk about this more in the podcast a year ago and I do feel a lot better. Yeah. For me, I think the two main things in my life is looking at myself and treating myself like a friend. Yeah. And I'm so easy on my friends. I think my friends, I think the world of them, I think any of them could do anything. Like I just truly believe in them and love them all so deeply. So I want to give myself that same energy. Yeah. And then the other thing for me, just as someone who is, you know, an Enneagram three and like Mm -hmm. overachiever and all these things, like I am not what I do. You know, like yes. trying to separate my career, which I've been able to do a lot. Mm-hmm. I've, I've become a lot better at that since, I don't know if it was moving back to Dallas or if it was the pandemic or mm-hmm. whatever it was, right? Yeah. I think it was probably a combination of all of it. Yeah. And looking at my life as more of like a full circle instead yeah. of just my career. Yeah. Because that'll make me go crazy at just as it would if you were just looking at your friendships, mm-hmm. you know, like seeing a lot of different almost like categories making up a whole. So I think like, it's sense. almost like a pie chart. That's been helpful. I still really struggle with it. I I really do expect so much out of myself. Yeah. But I have been able to separate myself more. And that a lot of that has come from having hobbies. I've never had hobbies before. Yeah. So having hobbies has been huge. That has helped. Honestly, that is what has helped me yeah. get away from my whole life and having friends. My whole life being yeah. my career. But yeah, I think that. And then also whenever I'm like hard on myself about something, sometimes I'll call a friend more often than I'll think like my best friend Lauren or Dom, if yeah. they were coming to me about something, I would be like, guys, it's going to be okay. Yeah, you know, I'm yeah, like, yeah, this yeah. is ridiculous. 
like if I make a mistake, then I'm, because I think it comes from like a very emotionally explosive household. Sometimes I'm like, I made a mistake. Therefore, I am the worst person in the entire yeah. world. I'll spiral out of it. And also what something I'm unpacking now is that I lost two very close family members to me within who were under the age of 25 wow. within 18 months. And wow. now I'm, I'm constantly, and that was only 2018. I'm constantly trying to get myself out of the mindset of bad things happen to me or like worst case scenario in that way, like actual extreme yeah. worst case scenario. Like my dogs are having health problems and it has highlighted it so much to me. I mean, not health, they're, they're fine. I literally, Coco has IVDD, which is like a normal thing with dogs. Yeah. She might have to get surgery or whatever. I check her pulse like every other hour. Like I'm very, like I'm noticing now how like grief and like death has really yeah. affected me. Yeah. But overall, I'm like, how do they go into self-compassion? I don't know. But like, those are the things that I'm working on unpacking. And then a lot of it is just treating myself like I'm a friend. No, I like that. This probably sounds so crazy, but I started doing this recently and I haven't really, only person I told, I honestly haven't told anyone this. So what I started doing was I'm still figuring it out. Probably the last like three months, I had like an extreme panic attack where I thought I was having a heart attack. I went to the doctor. It was bad. It was this song by Paramore called You Are the Only Exception. Yeah. Okay, so that, that song. I grew up listening to that song. That was girl, like my song. Girl, that's, I, girl, that song came on in the car because I was like doing like playbacks with Bay, uh-huh. And I was like, this is a song I used to listen to all the time when I was a kid. Literally hysterically started crying, went to go get pho, thought I was fine. And then in the middle of the night, I woke up and I literally started having a full panic attack. And what happened in that moment was it took me back to being a child. So I like that you said you treat yourself like a friend because that's important. What I started doing is I separate my adult self from my inner child. And like, that's like why I had the, I had like one episode where I talk about healing your inner child. It was, it was based from that traumatic, that small traumatic, not small traumatic, that traumatic moment from Paramore, girl, Paramore. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, So I started separating. And I think this will help me get to that self-compassion pack that I'm trying to have with myself is separating my inner child from my adult self because my adult self is able to mother that little girl that often didn't get to be a child. So reliving those um, kind of childlike things I wanted to do, like buying myself some Uggs. Girl, come on. All the rich girls have Uggs. Now, now I got me a little pair. I mean, they're not, they not like the little, the brown ones, but they'll do. The gray, the gray ones will do right now. But um, I've had to like separate my inner child to learn to have compassion for her. Because now that I'm an adult, you know, I have time, I have energy, I have money, I can I can drive myself, I can do all of these things now that I didn't get to do as a kid. So I try to separate those two. I know that sounds so crazy. So I actually do this as well. My therapist it helps, has me right? This. Yes. It helps. Like when you check in, it's just like, okay, how are you feeling right now? That moment was a lot. What's going on? And also, it's also helped me like communicate better with people like you know if something's bothering like my little sister or if something's bothering one of my close friends I'm able to say actually your reaction to me right now isn't really what I think it is there's something that probably happened where you feel some type of neglect like even with my my partner like there's moments where like he has like these it's just different like it's not anything bad it's just like he had these moments where it's just like I'll say something he'll be like well why do you why do you say that and then I have to think like okay think from a childlike perspective 
what I said probably triggered something in him. And I feel like if we spend a lot more time healing our inner child, it'll be chill. It'll be good. Like, I feel like a lot of narcissists, like their biggest fear is failure. Like they don't want to fail. And they always feel like, you know what? I need to be bigger than everyone. They, they all oftentimes think of themselves as like this, this, this grand being and this grand thing. And I always think about how about we go to that moment in our childhood that made us feel like we weren't enough. And I feel like if more people do that, if more people did that, we would have like, I don't know, like a better understanding of, of one another. I recently like went to started going to therapy with my mom. We finished since it was actually yeah. really helpful. But I would sit on the couch with her and this is my therapist that I've been going to mm-hmm. for a couple years. And I just remember, you know, when like someone knows you so deeply and then, yes. and you know, they can tell. And I remember I would sit on that couch in the way I would act, the way I would talk to the point where the way I was physically sitting was 12 year old Kinsey. It was wow. exactly when like yeah. the real trauma started happening. Yeah. And it was like the second I couldn't look at her, I could like, I literally wouldn't wow, make yeah. eye contact with her. And that's not how we normally are. Like it was just my body physically went back to yeah. when I was like literally 12 years old. And that experience made me start to it's like you're looking at yourself like a like a bird's eye view and you're able to separate the two as if like that's not who you are that's just like something that's happened to you that you can deal with you know what I'm saying girl yes but it was like physically I was sitting like a I was acting like a 12 year old like I was so immature in those sessions but that's because that's where I was at still I I closed off I'd shut down and while we'd still had a relationship throughout those years it was never what it could have been because yeah. I was still so stuck as a 12-year-old Kinsey of things that were never healed. And maybe they were addressed, but they weren't fully healed on my end, on her and whatever yeah. it was. And it was crazy. But that has been very helpful to me and that I noticed it because I literally was sitting like I was 12. Mm-hmm. And I was, I, I, the way I was talking, like it was very weird. Ooh, it was very interesting. You just gave me like some chills for a second. Oh my gosh, this episode has, I'm not kidding, been like one of my favorite episodes ever. Are you for real? Are you no, just saying no, that? I, I, swear, I don't tell everyone that. I swear <laughs> it really has been. We're going over time. So you're definitely going to have to come back. I will. I'll be back for sure. Thank you for having me. Of course. Where can they find your podcast? Because so many of the things that we touched on in this episode, she has whole episodes on. Like four or five of them, I think. When are you going to come on my podcast? Like whenever. Okay. I want to plan that. Okay. So you can Spotify, Apple, Honestly, pretty much anywhere. It's pretty much anywhere. Spotify, Apple, iHeartRadio, Pandora. Anywhere you listen to podcasts. Anywhere you listen to podcasts. How can they follow the Instagram? You. Oh, we got to do it. Okay. So you can follow me on Instagram, Janelle underscore Roberts. And then you can follow the To All The People podcast at To All The People podcast on Instagram. And then you can follow me on TikTok. It's just Janelle Roberts. J-A-N-E-L-L. Don't be putting the E at the end of it. Oh, yeah. Be careful, guys. I'll have it linked in the show notes. (laughs) Just kidding. (laughs) Thank you guys so much for watching and listening to today's episode. You guys can always watch us on YouTube. I love you guys so much. Be sure to get your live show tickets. Check out the merch. uh, Follow us on everything. And hopefully, if you guys are in Dallas, I will see you this weekend. Love you guys so much. And I will talk to you next week. Please note that this episode may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products and services. Individuals on the show may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to in this episode.